I'm Drew Frampton, and for over a decade, I've been in the mortgage industry. In other words, I put people in debt for a living. My clients range from tech CEOs to mailmen, and it's given me the unique opportunity to see the financial underbelly of Silicon Valley. I spent the last month renovating my garage and setting up a podcast studio to give you an inside look of the Bay Area. I'm Drew, and this is my garage. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Drew's Garage. Today, I have Katie Riddell here. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Um, so let's dive in. Um, tell me about getting into the real estate industry. What, what was your... Actually, before that, what did you do before you got into uh, real estate? So graduated from college in 09 when the economy was just horrible, right? Yep. Wasn't that yep. pretty much the bottom for you? You were already in the industry at that time. I was already in. It was... Devastating. Yeah. 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 So no jobs. The housing yep. market was obviously right. also having a struggle, but the jobs were not there. So right. when everyone was graduating the job fairs, there was like zero people. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I was just like, hey, game plan B mm-hmm. and ended up traveling. So okay. I nice. pieced out to Australia, lived okay. there for six Not a bad months. place to go. It was awesome. Okay. We did a year and a half of summer, right? So okay. I left like end of our summer, which is right. the beginning of theirs and yep. then came back right when the summer was ending. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, so while I was there, I ended up working for a car dealership. Okay. It was Ferrari. And how'd you land that? Uh, just going door to door. Just okay. like, hi, are you hiring? All right. Are you hiring? <laughs> and then ended up going in there and they had a need and I was working as a recep- receptionist. Okay. So... Um, it was a really fun experience, and I never thought I would be doing sales. You know, I, I also had that stigma, like, oh, mm-hmm. salespeople, like, mm-hmm. don't sell me. If I have a need, I will find it myself. Sure. Um, but working with Ferrari, it wasn't like any of those salespeople were selling people Ferraris, right. you know? And Ferrari, I mean, obviously, most people here probably know, but we're talking cars. Yes, luxury okay. cars. Yes. Not so just any car. They were really pretty to look out. Loud right. when I was answering the phone and all the guys were revving the engines, right. I was like, hey, who is this? You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but just observing all the salespeople that were selling the Ferraris, Mm -hmm. they're not trying to get you into like one of the Ferraris today, right? Right. These people are well qualified. They have money. They want Mm -hmm. a fun car. Right. So you're just helping them get the one that they want. You know, what color do you want? Red, black, you know, (laughs) what kind of rims? So that kind of changed my perspective. And Hmm. while cars were not my thing, I knew housing was. Right. I was always that nosy friend who was like, give me the layout. What kind of material is this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So while I was there, I was able to put my experience with that into like wanting to pursue real estate. Interesting. Okay. So, and you were in Australia, which isn't the worst place ever. So you, Ferrari's unique in the fact that you know it's not like their car is about to break down they have to get a new one and they're struggling to figure out do i get a car or bike they might already own one two five cars definitely ferrari's more of this um you know discretionary decision that they're making Mm -hmm. how does that fit with real estate i mean a home you kind of have to have a home to live in right yeah way to tie it in yeah but kind of like with cars right is it a lease is it Mm -hmm. a rental or do they own it so housing too you know some people rent some people lease sometimes people airbnb there's like so many different housing options okay and you and i work with people who want to actually buy and invest in a home Sure. So one thing that I liked about that is just, again, finding the need. So do you want to buy? When do you want to buy? How can I help you achieve your time frame? And Mm -hmm. then what home is right for you? 
So that just kind of seemed like a fun environment to be in. You know, it's the biggest Mm -hmm. purchase people generally make. And how do we make it fun and educational so they understand, like, what they're doing? Yeah. And, I mean, maybe a little bit more expensive than a Ferrari, but not much. Yes. I mean, some of the homes, right? I mean, Ferrari, I think it was, like, 150 plus for a Ferrari. So that's definitely a home in some areas. (laughs) And at the bottom of the market, when when I started, we could definitely buy a home for that amount. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so tell me, um, 09, mm-hmm. just jobs in None. general, yeah. real estate in general, mm-hmm. wasn't very good. <clears throat> you left, you came back, mm-hmm. you said six months? So, yeah, came back, getting my license, that was a okay. whole process. So, okay. started around 2011, and okay. that's when we were seeing a lot of short sales and REOs. Yeah, very different environment. And very different. Um, buyers kind of had the upper hand in that situation, and I remember going to a Brian Buffini seminar. Okay. And he was saying, you know, real estate is having a sale. When Nordstrom's or other places have sales, mm-hmm. generally people buy. Right. But we kind of had this environment of like, no one wanted to touch real estate. Right. Some people experienced some horrible foreclosures or short sales. So, mm-hmm. you know, everyone was very cautious. Absolutely. Um, but it was a great time as a realtor to get in because it was a slow environment, great time to learn, where I feel like a lot of the realtors nowadays getting in, it's so fast-paced. You know, mm-hmm. Earlier in the spring, like we've talked about, homes were selling within seven days. So right. as a new realtor, you're still trying to figure out what's escrow, what do we need to do with the loan? Like There's so many <laughs> right. moving pieces. Right. So. By the time they're figuring out the first step, you should already been closed. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> I got in the business only a couple years before you did. And I mean not a knock on our industry at all but there were essentially just gray hair uh in mm-hmm. our industry um and i remember the first time i met you i'm like she's way too young to be in real estate um so what was that environment like that was definitely challenging right i remember going to the office every day and wearing lipstick and dresses and high heels right. and Blazers. really really <laughs> trying to look the part exactly right. And unfortunately now, as you can see, I've definitely come into my own and kind of right. done the like 180, 360, right. whatever you want to call it. And now I'm more like, I love working out. I love being comfortable. And mm-hmm. I feel like generally the reason I dress up is for other people in the industry still. Right. It's not so much the clientele. Right. A lot of my clients are people that I meet through the gym, through networking, and they want someone who's real, right? right. So I feel like when I started in... 2011 when I was 22 right. it was kind of um, finding yourself you know like hmm. how, how do I prove to everyone that I'm a professional like mm-hmm. what do I need to do and you're trying different sales tactics right mm-hmm. and ultimately I found that like I want to be me you know this is me hopefully everyone loves me I love everybody <laughs> and um, if not then go after yourself not, yeah life's too short so <laughs> right. if it's not a good fit there's right. a lot of realtors out there hopefully they find one that does a great job for them absolutely yeah alright so um Definitely starting out your career, you're looking to just establish yourself. So you do have to kind of play the part a little bit Mm -hmm. and dress up a little bit. Yes, which can be fun. (laughs) Certainly. can definitely be fun. Um, So not only were you young. um, But learning it, right? Like at that time, I hadn't bought a house yet. So it was kind of like a, hmm, I was also learning. (laughs) Um, So tell me though about I mean, getting in the industry, obviously real estate, it's not like a, definitely like a, a, a male driven industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were young and female and a millennial. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess young and millennial are technically similar in a lot of ways. I like to ways. think they were young still. Yeah. I feel like that's going to escape us some of these days. <laughs> yeah. um, 
did that play any part at all? So, I guess I wasn't daunted by that. I mm-hmm. feel like gender, I was always like, I'm going to do well, I'm going to succeed. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't think of that as a barrier for me. Right. Um, I got great mentors, and you're right, a lot of those mentors were male. Right. Um, so, it was interesting seeing how they operated. You know, they're very direct. Right. Where I feel like that wasn't my, like, MO mm-hmm. initially. You know, right. I kind of, I liked the story. Tell me exactly what you want to do, where you want to mm-hmm. be. Um and then I think as I've progressed over the years, it's kind of like sometimes I do find myself like, what's the bottom line? You know, right. like, let's get to the bottom. Right. Like, I want to I want to learn more about you afterwards. Right. Um, so I think that was helpful. Kind of like they helped hmm. me answer those big questions. Like, what will that do for you? You right. know, kind of driving the point. Like, why do you want to buy? What's that going to do to you? Do right. for you? And I feel like sometimes, you know, to be a good salesperson, you have to be a good question asker. Mm-hmm. Right. And really dive into you know what's the motivating factor like you said what's that going to do for you um instead of just skirting around that and being either too timid or just the fact that they want to buy you get so excited you're just like okay yes whatever you say you want to buy something let's go buy something yeah let's get (laughs) it yeah um instead of actually trying to provide a service and possibly um you know, change your mind on something, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they maybe they want to buy a single family home when they come to you. Yeah. But once you investigate and do that discovery, you find out, boy, that condo makes a lot more sense. Exactly. And that's part of the journey with every home buyer right. and seller, you know, so trying to get to the bottom of their motivation, sometimes that's changing too. You know, maybe they had a parent that said buying is a good idea mm-hmm. and that hasn't necessarily resonated with them yet. So they're right. like, you know, everyone's telling me I should buy. It's a good idea. Hmm. But then yeah. like, why? So maybe like for, from you, you, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like you are such an asset to have. You're always good at breaking down the figures and you're not like, oh, what can you qualify for? It's like, what are you truly comfortable with right. payment wise and down payment and, you know, 10% down, 20% down, like having you there to actually run the numbers is very like relieving for the buyer. Yeah. Cause you know, if they think that they have to do something when maybe they don't need to, yeah. or sometimes they come in and, you know, they want to because mom and dad said, mm-hmm. hey, you have to put 20% down, but yeah. they've got all this student debt and car loans and credit cards and other scary yeah. things. Boy, maybe wait a year, right? Pay off all that debt and then come back and buy, or maybe put less money down or maybe change your perspectives. There's so many things to consider. Um, so what I find, and it's changed a little bit, and probably because I'm getting older, <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, is that, you know, real estate for our generation is different than for our parents or our grandparents' generation, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, it was the American dream. And I feel like the American dream, especially in our area, isn't even always about real estate. It's about, you know, that startup life or you know, there's so many other things, like right? investing, right? Yeah. It's like everyone wants to have a comfortable retirement. Right. So do you do that through buying homes, investing in the stock market, you know, mm-hmm. and then also your day to day life, like you're saying, a lot of people like that startup environment because of the freedom during the day. They don't have to be in the office. There's flexibility mm-hmm. there. So I think our generation just wants the options. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. Like that, that flexibility. Yeah. Um, so how do you when you're talking with young people um, and define that however you want, how do you uh, talk about real estate with them? Again, kind of just trying to get to the bottom of their motivation. You know, okay. why do they want to buy? Why do they want to sell? Are they trying to sell and move up into a bigger house, a different mm-hmm. area? Um, and it's challenging with every client, which is which is also fun, right? Sure. No story is the same. So kind of like, what's their background? What are their goals? And trying to help them achieve it. So, right. like financially, like you're saying too, student debt 
down payment, gift funds, like every scenario is a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you're you're right. That's the most challenging thing when working with clients. What's their time frame and what's their motivation? Right. And a lot of the time, the extra struggle on top of that is they don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I always, in my side, because it's more numbers, um, there's so many rules of thumb, right? You need to have, you know, your housing payment be X percent of your take home, right? Is a big one for people. And it's funny, it depends on who they are talking to, who their parents are, who they read, Mm -hmm. um, what that number actually lands on. But there's so many other things that a one size fits all rule of thumb just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and I think the same thing with just real estate in general. Uh, we as humans kind of look around our, us and our surroundings and our parents and say, well, gosh, my parents bought when they're 21, right? Yeah. I'm 31. I haven't bought yet. What's I going know. on? Yeah. Um, so it's not that like there's that, that FOMO going on, but there's definitely that, that, that testing and staging and saying, you know, Am I, am I succeeding in life? What am I doing here? Um, so I usually get people starting to ask those questions about real estate and starting to dive into the housing market um, when friends and family start doing it. Start doing it. Yeah. But I feel like, and I don't know if this is, if you agree with this, but I feel like typically people don't actually, that motivation doesn't really come about until there's some kind of life change. Yeah. Right? Like there's so many studies, right, that single women are some of the biggest drivers and some of our biggest clients when it comes to mm-hmm. buying a home for the first time. Single women and then maybe like married couples. Right. Um, but single men aren't as motivated as single women in a lot of yeah. the studies that we're seeing, which huh. is interesting. Why? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know if it's just single women, they're ready to like make a home, right. whether that's by themselves. Probably more or grounded or. and not. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Or maybe they want that security, right? So right. when you're renting, who knows when the rent's going to go up. Right. Where when you own a home, you know exactly what kind of mortgage you're getting into. Is it a 10 year, 30 year? At least you know. Right. Absolutely. So, um, Let's let's dive into your own personal relationship with real estate. Gotcha. Okay, so do you own a home today? I do. Okay, Thank good. you for your help. Yeah. <laughs> Very welcome. Um, when did you buy? So my parents wanted to support my dreams of real estate. Okay. So right when I became a realtor in 2011, so maybe a year later, 2012, they helped okay. me and my brother buy our first house. Okay, together. Together. Awesome. Yeah. So that's a great way to buy. If you're not married yet and you've got another sibling, mm-hmm. also mom and dad helps. Yeah. But buying together, I mean, yeah. if one of you loses is a job, you still have something there. That's exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So they were great support. So we lived there for about a year and a half, and then my brother had a serious girlfriend who's now his wife. Love her, <laughs> um, but they—I just wanted to give them some space. So I pieced out about a year that and a half later. Third wheel wasn't working. I know, out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I ended up buying my own place okay. again with mom and dad's help. I feel like that's a lot of our generation. They need yeah. some gift funds in order to make that first purchase, and then Absolutely. hopefully the especially in up. Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mom and dad, they're the best. They helped me with the down payment on my, I'd say that one's my first house because my brother now has the condo. Gotcha. Um, And yeah, I lived in there for two years. Now I'm renting it out. Um, helped my husband with his house and now, now were you guys dating when you yes okay. oh man that story <laughs> we were dating I, I wanted him to just buy me a ring and move into my house but he was determined to get his own little investment good going. for him good yeah. for him <laughs> so helped him with the condo right. in downtown San Jose it's been a great time there 
Um, and then we were ready to buy a bigger house. So gotcha. when we got engaged, I moved into his condo, rented out my house. Hmm. And then we were ready for a house that we could enjoy together. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. It's what, What's cool, and I think this is probably similar to everybody um, or most people is it seems like every house is like a stage in your life right it tells a story yeah in a, in a wild way uh, starting out your career kind of going on on going out on your own yeah meeting your See husband there, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now yeah together that's awesome yeah. that's really cool yeah um, is there an end goal in, in mind I mean, obviously you bought a house that you're planning to stay long term. Yeah, no, that's tough. Trying to crunch the numbers and trying to anticipate what the economy is going to do, right? Right. So I think in the Bay Area, if you're doing investment or primary to like a rental, Mm -hmm. um, it takes a few years to break even. That's what we've been experiencing. So I know for my first house, it took about two years in order for the mortgage to cover itself. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm at now. Um, And then when it comes to investing, you know, do you want to put your money into another house? Mm -hmm. Do you want to put it into repairs on your existing homes? Do you want to sell it and capitalize on that payout before the years have passed and now you're paying different taxes? Um, So there's a lot of ways to go and I do like the options. I feel like I'm blessed with that. Um, But when it comes to investing, yeah, I think housing is just where I'm comfortable investing. And do you think it's just because you're a real estate agent that you're comfortable with it? I think that definitely plays a factor i like having an asset that i could see right um and especially the trend in the bay area right when we did crash i know we've been talking about that a lot today certainly um it did feel it but mm-hmm. it was the first to recover right and it wasn't hit as hard as the rest of the nation certainly insulated yeah so i think knowing that my mortgage can be covered in rent that's kind of like a safety net for me mm-hmm. um and then i think a lot of the older generation like my grandparents age they've done so well in retirement because they have all these rental properties. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I think what's really great about real estate, I mean, I'm sure there's people that get rich overnight with real estate, and that's great. Um, I definitely am not one of those people. (laughs) (laughs) It's too much risk for me. Uh, I am risk adverse, for sure. It is scary, too, thinking about vacancy rates, right? So if if you own multiple properties and they're all vacant, how do those few months look? Yeah, right? I mean, as you can start to accumulate more and more real estate mm-hmm. that number gets bigger and yeah, bigger yeah um but if you hold on to those homes long term right so you had your home that's now a rental it was a primary residence mm-hmm. one you got a killer rate because of the time the person that you knew yeah and uh the uh fact that it was uh a primary residence mm-hmm. right and now that's now a rental property yeah. um and you bought it you know past tense so the, the price was less mm-hmm. um the longer you hold something, the thought is that it's going to be, you know, kind of encapsulated at that price point yeah. when people are paying more and more rent. So I think of it in two ways, right? So you have the hopefully future appreciation. Right. And then also at least you're putting money into like a piggy bank of sorts of your own rather than throwing it away on rent. So Definitely. It, even if like what I bought it for, I was to sell it for, at least right. I'm getting some money back because I've been putting it into right. my house piggy well, bank. Well, and you're not doing it. Your tenant is. Yeah. 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 Um, well, and the really nice thing is, is it's a no-brainer, right? For the next 30 years, you, if you just rent it out and just broke even, mm-hmm. and assuming any kind of catastrophic things, the house would be paid off. Mm-hmm. You turn around and sell it, it hopefully is worth more, right? You're doing yeah. all right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that piggy bank is really nice. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's change gears here. So uh, 
you've obviously each home every time you have a length of story. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like, it's Good pretty analogy. cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but recently, you got married. Yes. Uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I love your husband. Um, he's awesome. He's really cool. Uh, he's got impeccable style. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, but tell me. So, uh, getting married, this big life event. You're mm-hmm. self-employed, mm-hmm. right? Um, you wake up every day, you're unemployed, you've got to find new people that want to hire you, yeah. uh, and uh, obviously that's the, the gig that you've signed up for for the last many, many years. Um, how does that work? You know, Weddings don't just happen by themselves, especially if you're the bride, there's some mental calories that yeah. go into that, yeah. so tell me about I that. I know, it's been a big year, right? <laughs> yeah, Came for a wedding, bought a new house, yeah. so um, budgeting, I think that's something that's you could always be better at, right? Definitely. Um, it's like a diet, right? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. You have good days and you have bad days. Mm, how many lattes did we have this week? <laughs> yeah. We need to cut back next week, yeah. whatever. Um, so I think what we try to do is, because I'm 1099, I'm taxed quarterly. Right. Or I need to put a certain percentage right. away. So every commission I get, I try to put it away, that percentage that I'm thinking that I owe. Is that a percentage of My the commissions, commission? okay. yeah. Gotcha. And, then, and you put that in a savings account. Yep. And you're self-employed, so every mm-hmm. quarter you're paying a, a specific amount that you're forecasting, you're thinking yes. you're going to make, yep. to the IRS. Yep. And then hopefully you're close by the end of the year. Exactly. But then also talking about contributing to retirement, right? Right. So it's like you put, you pay your taxes quarterly and then at the end of the year, they're like, well, if you pay X amount to retirement, then that'll offset you however much. So it's like this interesting scale of like, where do you want to put your assets? Right. Um, And then for what age, you know, like how much should we have as 30 year olds in retirement? So there's so many different ways to invest your money. Sure. And there's always risks involved so how could you be as risk adverse as possible with like hoping to enjoy retirement later down right. the road right. um, there's always some kind of risk right? yes yeah. i know so i try to do a little bit of everything i think that's what we should do at our age right mm-hmm. you should have stocks you should have property you should be contributing retirement just kind of get all your bases covered right um so that's what i've been trying to do hmm. um the past year i think this year is going to be hard contributing to <laughs> retirement with <laughs> well you know the house, the house that, that yeah. maybe in, yeah. in the wedding uh-huh. uh helps yeah um, um so what we're trying to do since my husband is salary right um is we're trying to live off of like his salary so no way can can we afford to cover the mortgages and mm-hmm. pg and healthcare mm-hmm. and like all those right. you know mandatory expenses based right. on his money right. and then my commission will be like remodeling trips savings like right. that kind of stuff right yeah um I feel like that's such a good way to go. If you have that going where yeah. you've got that steady income and then you have the variable income that yeah. can certainly do really well. But, I mean, if we have a crash, God forbid, mm-hmm. uh, in the housing market and people just stop buying for yeah. a year, you might have to take a bit of a haircut mm-hmm. for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's huge. And what's really nice is I feel like what like those crashes, people are still buying. Right. Let's be honest. Right. So yeah. the issue isn't when there's a crashes. It's when you do really well. Mm-hmm. Right. You get used to. Oh my God, I'm making a million dollars. I feel amazing. Where in fact, if you average that out, yeah, there's a couple of years you made really mm-hmm. good money, but you also have the years that you don't make. And as then much you money. and I are both bottom line driven. Right? right. So it's like great if there's someone out there who's making millions of dollars. Cool. But right. what, what are they spending? You know, right. what are they actually saving? Right. So I think that's something that we take into consideration. You know, cool. what's nice. our what's our output, and then how do right. we make sure that we have some sort of cushion because right. that, that number is like fun for some people to throw around but at the end of the day 
doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, this gets into, like, the philosophy of it all, but... Um, I mean, I really enjoy the way that you look at money, right? Like, certainly making lots of money is lots of fun, but it's not going to make you happier. You're naturally, it seems like, at least yeah. a happy person in yeah. general. Um, so you drive a nice car. Hopefully nobody, uh, hopefully, but you guys have one car. We consolidate it into one. Yeah. So that makes it okay, It's right? awesome. I love it, right? <laughs> um, so, I mean, you guys, <laughs> Josiah drives a scooter. Yeah, yeah. Or a skateboard or a bike. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's, I think it's brilliant because um, you get, the the car that you want Mm -hmm. but you're not there's not a car sitting in the garage half the time either yeah um so i I think just being purposeful and smart about it um and and you know if you want to spend a lot of money on a car good it's Mm -hmm. a horrible investment unless you're buying a ferrari oh that too though (laughs) (laughs) if you garage it for five years or ten years and then sell it right um but you know as long as you know and you go okay hey we, we want a really nice car but we only need one of them, so let's just get one of them, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's brilliant. I love it. At some point, maybe it doesn't work, especially if you have kids and drop-offs and all that yeah. stuff. But for now, I'm sure it works. Yeah, just when fine. we're walkable to his work, I think that's right. the perfect situation. Right. But moving away from that area, then you right. definitely need two cars. <laughs> um, so, obviously... Uh, you guys are living off of his income. Your income kind of ebbs and flows. You said that goes into the, um, you know, down payment for the house. The down payment. That sort of thing, yeah. yeah. Um, what is the end goal for you? Are you the retire at thirty-five type? No, I, I always <laughs> say that if I were to win the lottery today right. and have billions of dollars, like I'd still love doing real estate. I just love interacting with the people. We have such great clients that are so appreciative, and just being able to educate them and be there for their journey, I just truly enjoy. Nice, yeah, awesome. Um, so this is something that. As long as you made enough money to continue forward, you're willing to do. Yes. That's awesome. Absolutely. That's cool. You too? If you want a billion dollars? I would be out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Financial consultant on the side. You know, I... I, I, (laughs) This is funny. I've never played the lottery, Mm -hmm. ever, until this last one. Is that the one where someone in San Jose won? Yes. Oh my gosh, yeah. (laughs) And... I, it was funny because I'm like, it's the worst odds ever. It's just throwing your money away and blah, blah, blah. I'm so smart and everyone else is dumb. And I play it and like, you start thinking, God, what if I won? Yeah. Right? Like, what would I do? And I was thinking, okay, if I won, would I continue doing my job? And there's definitely like, I might do less of some things and more of other things, Mm -hmm. but I would still do what I'm doing. Yeah. And I think that is the key of just knowing that, okay, I like what I do. And the happiness part, right? Yeah. Like, you spend so much time working, so if you're happy with what you're doing, then you're, like, winning in life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in our job, too, it's not, like, it, it. work comes and it goes, right? You mm-hmm. might have weeks where you work 120 hours, and you might have weeks where maybe you should be working more, but you mm-hmm. don't have to. Yeah. Um, you cannot time it. I think that's yeah. the thing that's, like, semi-fun, semi-scary, sometimes right. a pain, too. Yeah. Like, we've talked about pretty much every time I'm on vacation, right. that's when I have a client that <laughs> wants to write an offer, go right. see a home, and then... Right. Okay, so that's funny that you say that. So, um, I've lately been trying to think about work-life balance, right? And I think it's a complete joke. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I always tell like everyone, I'm like, I wish I had the perfect calendar. You know? Right. You wake up at 5 or 6, right. then you do like your workout, and then you have a nice breakfast, read the newspaper, right. and then get going with your day. Right. It's, it's never like that. So, you're on vacation, mm-hmm. 
and everybody's hanging out at the pool. Yep. Right? Where's Katie? Usually in the room <laughs> doing an offer or following up on a contingency right. removal. Drinking hand. the lenders. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> After you finish the email, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, is there any way, like, could you be better at that? Like, is there any way where you can just, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna make this perfect calendar and figure it out? I don't think so. I yeah. mean, offers are due as soon as possible. They have right. a deadline. Time's you need to get essence. Yeah. Right. So I, I really don't think there's a way to time it, you know? And do you think that's real estate? Do you think that's self-employment? Or do you think that's just a myriad of different things? Probably a myriad of different things. Yeah. Definitely in our industry, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. I think other self-employed people deal with similar situations. Right. So, moving forward, what does is, what is life look like for you? Life looks amazing. It's <laughs> um, a loaded so, question. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, this year I have a partner now, Aubrey, right. so it's been fun just, like, picking her brain and trying right. to get um, on a new level. You know, sure. eventually we'd like to be working exclusively with the big companies. You know, how do we get into Google, Facebook, the big, hmm. the big companies and be their go-to people? You know, right. we're born in the area, raised, mm-hmm. we... We know it like the back of our hands, whatever that right. saying means. <laughs> um, and I just think that we have a lot of value to give, Absolutely. whether it's just okay. seminars, what have you. Um, so that's definitely something that we'd like to pursue. Not quite sure how to break in there. Okay. Um, cool. And I think ultimately, I would just like to be that person where if someone has a need, we could fulfill it, you know, with our networking. Right. So maybe your kid's grown and they want a job as an engineer at Netflix, you know, like, oh, we know someone here that can help. You know, right. just just being that center of the community. Right. Yeah. I've, I've lately been able to do that a little bit, and it's so much more fulfilling than yeah. just putting somebody in debt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, it's like we meet so many different people, and typically if you're buying a home, uh, you have a little bit of money, and hopefully that means that you're good at what you do. Um, and... You know, they're usually somewhere in their, you know, Google, Netflix, somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And so if you can plug somebody in and make an introduction and it turns out really well, I mean, that's huge. That's yeah. awesome. Agreed. Um, and so just surrounding to... ourselves with those, you know, people that do, that really enjoy what they do. Right. Absolutely. That's, that's really cool. Um, well, anything else? Not that I could think of. I think you got my whole life story. Thanks for asking. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Katie, thanks again for joining us. Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Drew's Garage. Be sure to like, subscribe, share, comment, or do whatever you do best. And I'll see you next time.